Acts chapter 12 today. The word says, Now about that time Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass harass some from the church. And then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter, freed from prison, uh, was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers and guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison and he struck Peter on the side and raised him saying, Arise quickly and his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. And when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that led to the city, which opened to them on its own accord. And they went out and went down one street and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Lord, we thank you today for your goodness. We thank you for your presence that's already felt in this place. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that our minds would be in tune with your word today. Lord, I pray, Lord, that as, as this word goes forth today, I pray that it takes root into the heart and lives of your people today. Lord, I pray, that, Lord, that right now, Lord, that, that we would be strengthened by this word, that we would be challenged by this very word, that our eyes would be open today, and may it fall on hearts and souls that are ready to receive it, and may it be like fire in our bones today. It's in your name we pray. And the church said amen. 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 I want you to understand some things about this text this morning because this book of Acts is written by a man known as a, as a, as a doctor, uh, a physician, Luke. It is a book that is informing us still today of the acts of the disciples and the acts of the apostles. And majority of this significant book in the Bible is depicting acts that occurred after the day of Pentecost. And we need to keep that uh, in our mind, and we meet, and we need to make note of that. We need to make note of that because if we want to make a difference for the kingdom, we can only impact the world if we are being led and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes, you can do things without the Holy Spirit, but it will not have the power, and it will not have the uh, the impact that God has intended it to have. If we are not filled with the Spirit, there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of gifted people in the church. But how many of you know there's something different between being gifted and being anointed? So here we are in Acts chapter 12 and the Holy Spirit was released in Acts chapter 2. And it seems like a lot of time has passed. There's been chapters that have been written. There's been acts that have been performed. So it seems like there are a lot of time between Acts 2 and Acts 12. But although some time has passed, the truth of the matter is that these gentlemen are experiencing growing pains. They are experiencing 
fixing the newborn stages of what we call the church. It was so new that it was not even called a church yet. It was so new that they were not even referred to as Christians yet. It was so new. It was like bringing that first child home from the hospital and you look at that baby and all of a sudden realize, I've got to keep this thing alive. Anybody ever been there? You're like, what do I do now? It was, they were experiencing these things, but I want you to make some note of this observation because although the church in this stage is an infancy, it does not lack potency. I said, although it was like an infant, it did not lack power. Although they were brand new, although they were not as established as some of the other religions and some of the other denominations and as some of the other movements around, they may have been young, but they were not powerless because what God creates, he also wants to empower from the very beginning, amen? That statement is for somebody in the house, it's for everybody in the house that, 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 that may be new to the walk. You may be young in your giftings and your talent. You may be young in the faith. You may be young to church. And here you are, you've been praying for this thing called revival, but you're like, Lord, I don't have much to offer. God wanted me to remind the church this morning that you don't have to have much to have revival. I said, you don't have to have a lot to get a move of God. The truth is that God thrives when we take our little and put it in his big hands. The truth is that God thrives when we take our green, immature dreams and we put it in his seasoned vision. And God loves it when we, people like you and I, somebody says, Lord, I don't have much, but whatever I have, I give it to you, Father. Because Satan isn't worried about a church that has gifts. Satan is not worried about a church that has talents, but he gets worried when a church that takes its gifts and its talents and puts it in the hands of God because that's when he knows that something is about to break. He may be a big God, but he's looking for the little. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel pretty good that a big God is looking for me, little old Chase Holsenbach. God is not afraid of the small. It's, 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 it's five loaves and two fish before it feeds a multitude. It's, 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 it's faith the size of a mustard seed before it moves mountains. It was just 120 people in the upper room before it became a global movement that's still moving people today. Whoever is faithful with the little, God will give you much. Don't despise, don't, don't, don't despise small beginnings because it may have started small, but it will not stay small if you let God get right in the middle of it. And I want to speak that word over Legacy Church this morning. You may have been in the house Sunday night and you may have left this place thinking about all the words that were spoken over this house and you may have been one of the people that walked out of this room thinking, well, that could never happen here. You may have been a critic watching online. You may be trying to watch right now. You may be a critic in this room right now trying to figure out how the pastor is going to follow up Sunday night. And you're sitting here thinking, legacy's too young. It's too new to host a move like that. I want to remind the church that the devil is a liar because God is looking for a bunch of crazy people with a crazy kind of faith, with a crazy kind of prayer that's ready to let God get right in the middle of everything. He's looking for a people that's sick and tired of talking about it, but they're ready to see it. He is looking for a people that's so ready for it, they'll put the money where their mouth is and that's not satisfied for a revival service here and there, but they want to go from glory to glory to glory. I dare somebody to get upon your feet right now and praise God with me. Say, Lord, I don't have a lot but you can have it. Lord, I may be new, but get in the middle of this thing. Lord, in comparison, legacy may be a little baby church, but right now, get right in the middle of what we are doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And God 
took that small church in Acts and commissioned it. Go change the world. Take note, I did not say, go be like the world. I feel like I'm about to stir up something. But somewhere down the line between Acts chapter 2 to modern day, somewhere down the line, we have confused God is love with the church has to love everything and accept everything. But we are in a time in history where we are at a place where you've got to start drawing lines around your family. We are at a place as the church where we've got to start drawing some lines in the sand because the world may go there, but I'm not going there. You, whenever you get stressed, you may need to smoke something or drink something. That's what I thought. Stirring it up today. Hadn't preached in three weeks. I'm ready. You get stressed, I got to go to the bar. You get stressed, you go watch that. Where, and you go there, but I'm drawing some lines because you may go there, but I go to the rock. You may go there whenever you get depressed, but I go to the rock. You may need to snort that or smoke that, but I go to the rock. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain, and the mountain stands by me. Whenever I get frustrated, I look all around me as sinking sand, but on Christ the solid rock I shall stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. The world goes there, but I don't go there. We got to draw some lines church these lines don't make me better than you these lines don't make me walk around like I'm all self-righteous it just these lines that I'm drawing it just shows that my allegiance is to one greater than I am and that my life is not my own and I may be in the world but I'm not of the world and you wonder why you cannot live victoriously because you do not have line drawings. Somewhere, fear has snuck into the body. Somehow, intimidation has crept into the church. Somewhere, Popularity has moved into the body and popularity has become the silencer of the brethren. But if God be for you, who or what can be against you? Church, this is not the hour to fit in. This is not the hour to look like the world. This is not the hour to be liked. The goal for the early church was not to be popular. It was to be powerful. And the early church knew in order for us to fulfill what God has before us, they knew they had to have this power. It was an explosion of power in Acts chapter 2. This explosion, it's called dunamis power like dynamite dunamis means the kind of power that is that is an inherent force in the greek it's also often used as a word that means possibility or potential in other words it maximizes your potential in other words it opens doors for you that were not possible on your own strength and the early church knew that if we are going to do what god has called us to do We've got to have the gift of the Holy Spirit because when Dunamis hit that upper room that day with the 120 in that room, it was so powerful that it did not stay there. (laughs) But it moved. It began to spill all throughout society. All areas of modern day life is spilled into families. It's spilled into government. It spilled into other religions. 
If you ever need a parameter or a gauge to see if a move is real, ask yourself, did it stay in the room? I don't know if you got that or not. Ask yourself, did it stay in the room? Because a real move of God will not stay in a room. A real move of God will move into all facets of your life. And this release started moving in such a way that the government officials in Rome started to ask, what's going on down there? All of a sudden, the Romans start asking, what is happening? And the leaders of Rome decided, this thing has such power that if we don't stop it, it's going to take over. If we don't stop the move, this thing is going to take over. And you need to hear this today because there are demons that are convening right now. There are powers of darkness and principalities that are meeting right now. And they are saying that if we don't stop the awakening that is happening in America, if we don't stop what is happening in Rome, Georgia, on Avenue A, it may just take over. The church was in a state of overflow. Somebody say overflow. Overflow. That's why we have to be full of the Spirit. Because if you're not full of the Spirit, you will be full of something that's not the Spirit. <laughs> because how many of you know, we've got people all around us, and they are full of stuff. Gotcha. But the church has got to be full of the Spirit. Don't tell me you're full of the Spirit and you're not dripping somewhere in life. I don't know if you got that or not. I said, don't tell me if you were full of the Spirit and you're not walking around dripping the Spirit because whenever you get full of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be able to move without dripping on somebody's life. I don't know about you, but when the demons talk about legacy, I hope they're saying, what's going on? Because they're about to take over a new land. They're about to take over some new territory because whenever you get full of the Holy Spirit, you will overflow. Somebody say, I want to overflow. Say it again, I want to overflow. I've got a video I want you to watch. Don't play it yet. Let me set it up for you. This video was a TikTok challenge. You may have seen it. And it shows a cup that looks full. But it's not in overflow. And these young men keep taking turns to pour water into the cup. And they keep pouring and pouring. But it's not in overflow. So if there was room for something else, was it really full to begin with? Because how many of you know you can look full but not really be full. This is a challenge. Go ahead and play it to see how much water can get in before it overflows. I don't know if you can see everything, but the water is literally heaping over. It don't take much to get young people excited these days. <laughs> and drop by drop, what looks full actually has room for more. What looks full actually has room for more. Look at their faces. See, I told you don't take much. They, they, they just keep drop by drop, drop by drop, drop by drop. They, they thought it was full, but there was actually room for more. Somebody say more. Drop by drop, drop. Oh, he's scared. Drop by drop. He takes his hat off. He's trying to get in it. And drop, and finally one 
drop sent it into a state of overflow. See, we really don't know it's full until there's no room for more and it overflows. I said, we really don't know it's full until it overflows. There was the moment when one drop of water there was the moment when one single drop sent what was a full cup into a state of overflow. And when I was going through this word this week, I just felt a word of prophecy because I want to prophesy to the church this morning. We are just one drop away from an overflow. We are one praise away from overflow. We are one shout away from overflow. We may just be one dance away from overflow. We may be one seed away from overflow. We may just be one act of obedience away from overflow. We may just, it may just take one person saying, yes, God, I will do it for an overflow. And whenever overflow happens to legacy, I didn't say when or if, I said, I said, it's going to happen to legacy. We will see favor and blessings and a spirit of more released on this house. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for overflow and legacy. Can we just give him 10 seconds of praise in advance for the one? Come on, say, I'm ready to drip. The early church was dripping. Drip may be a modern youth term. But I think the early ch church coined the phrase. They were dripping. Somebody told me I was dripping once. My daughter didn't like it. Don't hate the. Don't hate me. Haters gonna hate. They were so full that it literally began to leak throughout Rome. Rome got so upset that they came up with this plan. And the plan was, go get James, and they killed him. Rome can be crazy. And the word said that when they saw that it actually pleased the Jews. They proceeded to take Peter. Did you catch that? When they saw that it pleased the religious. When they saw that it pleased the haters. Listen, you need to catch this. It will... Because this right here will solve a lot of your problems and your headaches and debates. Because religion acts like it likes revival, but it actually hates it. I feel like I'm about to stir up a demon. The religious act like they like revival until they find out revival isn't free. The religious act like they like revival until they find out that revival will be an inconvenience to their schedule. There have been some people at Legacy, you've not been to Legacy during summer Sundays because it was an inconvenience to your schedule. This may not be the place for you. The religious think they like revival until they find out that revival will wreck your traditions. It will change what you thought was normal. It will make you the talk of the town and sometimes in not a, such a good way. Religious people act like they like revival until revival confronts their mediocrity, until it confronts what they've allowed to become social norms and beliefs. And this, my brothers and my sisters, is why I'm so done sitting in religious circles. I'm done arguing with religious people of Rome. 
I'm done with the emails of, of religious people complaining about how many people really have been saved at Legacy Church. I'm done letting the religious comments on Facebook complaining about having the youth on the stage jumping up here on Sunday night was just a spectacle. I'm done letting those people get under my skin because whenever you are in overflow, the religious don't agitate you. They motivate you to keep on doing just a little bit more. Thank you. They killed James and they saw that it pleased the religious people. And now, give me Peter. Just a reminder, Peter isn't just any old disciple. This is the rock. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Get this. Anytime God tries to build something, the religious will be the first to try to stop it. I don't know if y'all reading between the lines today. Rome knew that if I get to the rock, Rome knew if I can get to the leader, Rome knew if I can get to the captain, I can shut this thing down. And you need to understand that often before the fight gets inside of the church, often before the fight gets to you, often before the warfare knocks on your door, it's already been in your leadership's house. That is why you need to uphold the leadership of the church in prayer. I said that's the reason you need to hold the leadership up in prayer. Because I don't mind fighting for you. I don't mind walking through the fire for you. I don't mind taking a bullet for you as long as I know you've got my back. They said, go get the leader. They get Peter and they chain him up. And I want you to take note that the Bible makes clear in verse 5 that although Peter was chained up in prison, prayer was made without ceasing from the church unto God for him. Peter, the rock where the church was being built, was actually able to survive because prayer was being offered up to God by the church. So take note of this. Because this is a church that was being built in revival. This was a church in overflow. They know that the key, as I've already said, they know that the key to accomplishing this is the Holy Spirit. They are walking in its power. And now they add another layer to take note of. Now we see that this church is devoted to prayer. If you read, you will find out that in the middle of this revival, in the middle of this prayer, Peter fell asleep. And the word says that an angel came upon him. He's chained between two guards. And an angel comes upon him. And when the angel descended in that jail cell, the angel walked right past the two guards. Because how many of you know, nothing can stop what God starts. I said what God starts, he's going to finish. He said, I told you this is Peter the rock that I'm going to build my church upon. And I'm not done building the church yet. And God dispatched this angel and bypassed the guards because what he starts, he will finish. And the word said that when the angel came in, the light came on. You are the light of the world. Light pierces darkness. And whenever you are in the dark and the light comes on, how many of you know the light can hurt your eyes if you're not ready for it? 
I've got a kid. For some reason, they get out of bed at night. That kid has to come to my bedside and say, hey, I'm going to the bathroom. You go, girl. Why? Why do you got to wake me up? You came all the way down the stairs to tell me you're going to the bathroom. Why? But if you are in the dark and that light comes on, the light can hurt your eyes if you don't watch it, if you're not ready to receive it, if you're not ready to receive it, it will hurt your eyes. That's why we have to give people grace to adjust to the light. I said, that's why we got to give some people some grace so their eyes can adjust to the light. Now, if you've been in the light, and you still can't see. That's another Sunday. I've learned just to give people time. I used to be so afraid, just being candid, starting out Legacy Church, of letting the Spirit move. Because this is not a city. where a lot of churches let the spirit move. And I had to get to the place where I just said, Lord, you brought them, you deal with it, Lord. I had to get to the place because I realized they're either going to leave scared or they're going to leave hungry. I had to get to the place and the church needs to get to the place where we do not adjust our schedule because there's a lot of new people in the room and we don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. No, but we got to get to the place and say, Lord, this is your house. Do whatever you want to do, Lord. They're either going to leave scared or they're going to leave hungry. And we've watched Sunday after Sunday Catholics walking into the room I thought, here we go. Lord, they're never going to be back. Baptist, Methodist, people with ankle bracelets on, walking into this place, and they keep coming back. Because they say something is different. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not me. It's, it's the Holy Spirit. Sit down for a couple seconds. The angel, I like this angel because a lot of times we think angels and we see Cupid. A chubby angel with a box of chocolates Releasing a bow. He's got a bow and arrow. This angel just doesn't swoop in. And the song is playing. I can feel the mushrooms. No. No. This angel comes in and it said, it struck him. Listen, I can show you grace when you turn the light on at night, but don't you hit me in the middle of the night. I will kill you. My kid better not ever come tapping on me in the middle of the night. I will kill that kid. This angel comes and it said it struck him. And I was looking at the word in the Greek 
it is the word patasso. And it means to knock. The angel came, Peter, wake up, revival's here. Peter, wake up, the church is in overflow. Peter, wake up. The time is now, Peter. And I want to tell Legacy Church, the Spirit is here, and there's a potasso in the room, and he's knocking on the American church, and he's saying, wake up, church. He's saying, get up on your feet. He's saying, wake up. Revival is here. Revival is now. He's knocking, saying, draw some lines for your house. Draw some lines for the church because revival is not coming. Revival is here. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if any man or woman opens the door, I will come in. I will come in. This is the problem. Every church has a door, but not every door is open. A lot of churches the door is cracked. Lord, I need the volume to go down. It's so loud right now. I'm just, I'm just trying to think. Sorry. Thank you. Lord, the door is cracked. We want good music. Lord, but don't let anybody dance. The door's cracked. Lord, we want everybody to get goosebumps. Don't you start speaking in tongues up in here. I feel like I'm stirring up a demon in Rome today. The door's cracked. We want to say we got the Spirit, but we're not going to operate in the Spirit. And God is looking for a church that will not crack the door but will open the door. He says, if you open the door, I will come in. You want revival? Open the door. You want revival? Open the door. Let homosexuals come to the altar and get clean. Let the prostitute walk in the door and come clean. Let every addict walk through the door, glazed eyed, smelling like alcohol, and stumble their way into the altar and watch God restore them. Open the door and I will come in. This is what I want. I want this altar to be filled with people today. You say, you know what? I hear the knock. I'm ready to open the door because I want revival. I want revival. Anybody want revival? Revival that will mess with your schedule. I don't know about that. But a crack that door. Revival that will not allow church to be an hour. Revival that will fill this room full of people that don't look like you, that don't smell like you, they don't even believe right, like you right now. Hold on. They're going to leave hungry. They're going to leave hungry. I want to know, do we have any door openers in the house? Do we have any rotas in the house that are opening the door saying, come on in. 
I don't care what you look like. I don't care your background. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care about your pedigree. I don't care if you're light skin or dark skin. I don't care if you have a degree or if you're a doctor. I just want you in the house because God can change your life. I want the altar to be filled up this morning, right now with people that said, I, I hear it. I want the door open. I, I, I want an awakening. I'm drawing some lines for my family. Come on, feel the altar today. Come on, feel the altar right now. Come on, press in, move out as close as you can. We got people coming in. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yeah. It's in my favor. Yes, Lord. There's a shifting. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. In my that that angel spoke that day are the words that God is speaking to the church today. He said, get up, lace up your sandals, put on your garment, follow me. And he walked right out. He said, get up, open your eyes, see what I am doing around you. Do you realize that we are in revival? Do you realize that? Do you realize Catholic people don't come to a Pentecostal church without revival? Do you realize to have this many people, Catholics, Methodists, Baptists, all these people coming together, that's what revival looks like. You are standing in revival. He said, open up your eyes and see what I'm doing. He said, lace up your sandals. When I was reading this, I heard the Lord say, and I reflected back to Sunday night when Pastor Miles said, there's something coming quickly. I heard the Lord say, you've been walking, get ready to run. You've been walking, get ready to run. I'm about to speed some things up for you. I'm about to open some doors up really fast that, 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 that should take years. He said, I'm going to open up something. Any, anybody in agreement with me? He said, lace up your shoes and get ready to run. Put on your garment. Means get ready to fight. Revival does not come without a fight. Put on the full armor. Then forth he said, follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. It will not be easy, but it will be worth it. I wrote in my notes, the glory is worth the fight. The glory is worth the fight. And get this, he did these things and the angel led him right out of the prison. The word said, he walked past the first guard. He walked past the second guard. Nobody stopped him. And the Lord spoke to me. And I want you to get this word because where we used to have to stop, we will not have to stop there again because God is removing some limitations. Things that used to stop us will not stop us anymore because God is move, removing some limitations. Get this. And they walked right out to the city gate. And he finally stood on the other side 
of what once held him down. God didn't take him to a church service. God took him after the chains, after he had laced up his shoes. God took him to the gates of the city. What was prophesied over this house Sunday night? The keys of the city. God, right now, I pray over every door holder. Come on, raise your hands and say, I want to be a door holder. Lord, your word says, open it, I will come in. Lord, I will not be the person that blocks the move. I will be a person that facilitates the move. Lord, I will not be the person, Lord, that stands in the way of somebody getting to the cross. Lord, I will not do it, Lord. Lord, but I want to be the person that's like a gateway to the cross. Lord, I want to be the gateway to revival. Lord, let, Lord, there's somebody here. They are that one drop that is about to put us in a season of overflow. It's the gift that they're about to sow. It's the talent that they are about to put in the hands of God. They are about to release it right now. Right now. I pray over every hand that's raised. There are lines that are being drawn in their heart. Lines that are being drawn in their mind. Lines that are being drawn in their family. Lines that are being drawn over their household. And I declare the gates of hell will not prevail. The gates of hell will not prevail. Listen, there are some things that you are doing in your house and in your life that is holding your house back from revival. And whenever your house can't have revival, this house is affected. God is calling to the church. Draw some lines. Get yourself together. Because I want to do something so great through you. Just give me everything that you have. Listen, I have fought with this for three days. I've been miserable in my mind because I feel like some people are going to get mad at me. I just heard the Lord say, I'm not finished with this season. And for the month of August, we're continuing with one service. Listen. Got it. Still there. And let me tell you my biggest concern. My biggest concern was the kids. Because we don't have space. Because it's tight. Let me tell you something. If you don't give to Legacy Church for no other reason, give to the future of this house. Because there's some land in Rome that the devil don't want us to have. It has tons of room for the next generation. And he's fighting, keeping us right here. I heard the Lord say, I'm not done with this season. I'm not done with this season. Those of you who are leaders and you've already created your schedule for next month, I apologize to you right now. I'm not even going to look that way right now. I'll take you to lunch tomorrow. Somebody's texting Kirsty right now downstairs. I guarantee it. I'll take her to lunch on Tuesday. I feel like there's a holy momentum. And when God gives you a momentum, you better ride that momentum. And I feel like something is about to break. I feel like a miracle is about to be released over this house. 
Come on, anybody feel like it? I feel like a miracle. I feel like a miracle. I feel like a miracle is coming to Legacy Church. I feel like a miracle. Lace up your shoes. Put on the carpet of praise today. Come on, can we just release a high praise? Hey! Yes, Lord, listen. As you leave today, I want you to get some laces. There's enough shoelaces for everybody in this room. I want you to put these laces somewhere that reminds you every day. Get ready. Something's coming. And I can't go there unless I lace myself up. Unless I got the armor on. Because where we used to have to stop, what was once a limitation for us is not going to be limitation any longer in this upcoming year. Break the limitations off, God. Move the limitations. What stopped us before will not stop us this year. What concerned us from even planning in advance will not be a concern. Right now, we got some shoes we got to lace up at Legacy. These are Legacy laces. They're Legacy because whenever it happens in here, it's about to affect generations. It's about to impact a generation of Romans. Some that don't like us. Some that want revival. Some that have the door cracked. It's about to impact a legacy. Lord, as we leave this place today, bind us together with strong cords of love that cannot be broken. Lord, let no sickness, no harm come near our tent. Lord, I declare, Lord, that as we leave this place today, Lord, you are working things out for our good. Lord, right now, Lord, you are working things out for our good. Lord, I pray all throughout this week, Lord, as we look up these laces, Lord, you are calling the church to a higher place. You are calling the church to get ready for what you are about to do. In your name. In your name. The church said amen. The church said amen. Come on, I said the church said amen. Amen. And come on, let's put our hands together one more time. with us today. I love you all. Have a fantastic week. I'll see you next Sunday, 10 o'clock. Come on, next Sunday, 10 o'clock. 